Our gospel reading this morning is the familiar Annunciation story, where the angel Gabriel is sent by God to a virgin, engaged to a descendant of David. This announcement is the second announcement of a miraculous birth in the Gospel of Luke. Gabriel appears not only to Mary, but also to Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist. Thus, the passage is part of Luke's careful interweaving of the story of John the Baptist and Jesus, in which John serves largely in the role of Elijah preparing for the day of the Lord. Now hear the story of the Annunciation as told in Luke 1, 26 through 38, found in New Testament, page 56 in your pew Bibles. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, Well, how how can this be? Since I am a virgin. The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Son to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now, your relative Elizabeth in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord, Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. 
The word of the Lord. The deacons take turns leading us in devotions at the beginning of each of our Board of Deacons meetings. This month's leader read a modern Advent meditation from the National Cathedral website that was written by parishioner Deborah Shepherd. In the meditation, Shepherd reflects on how it is almost a cliché for preachers to decry the commercialization of Christmas with its focus on consumerism and gifts. She said we preachers are proverbially preaching to the choir when we state the obvious, how the true meaning of Christmas is obscured in the hustle and bustle of the season. Shepherd goes on to ask her readers to think about gifts and to ponder what would the Savior whose birth we celebrate this week, the Christ who later will command us to love one another as I have loved you, really want us to give him for his birthday. That's something to think about. But that evocative question leads to another. What would Jesus want us to give each other? Our children, our parents, our siblings, our husbands and our wives, and friends and work colleagues for Christmas. Probably not another cross pen set, a fruit basket, the latest iPhone, a new sweater, or even a Lexus topped with a big red bow. Rather, Christ most likely would want us to give more precious gifts, such as the gift of our presence and time, the gift of forgiveness. Maybe some need the gift of acceptance or the gift of patience and understanding most certainly the gift of love. This week we will once again hear the Christmas stories, those wondrous stories we almost can recite by heart. The stories of angels and shepherds and stars and magi. The stories about how God gave humankind the greatest gift of all, the gift of hope, through the birth of Jesus Christ, the Savior, the Emmanuel, God with us. In today's scripture reading of the Annunciation, the angel Gabriel announces this miraculous gift that God is about to give all people. The angel tells Mary that God has favored her and chosen her 
to bring Christ into the world. Mary, a young peasant girl, engaged to be married, is an unlikely person by worldly standards to play this pivotal role in human history. She is not a princess or a scholar or remarkable in any way, though the world may judge her as a nobody. God identifies this seemingly insignificant Mary as a person capable of carrying the formidable responsibility of bringing the Savior, God's gift of hope and salvation into a sin-struck world. The reformer John Calvin believed that Mary is not a saint, but one of us, part of the priesthood of all believers. Her election for this daunting and remarkable task illustrates the reality that regardless of our station or status in life, each one of us, each one of us, is called to do God's earthly work to further God's kingdom in our own time and our own place. But, like Mary, we realize the difficulty of bringing God's gifts, the gifts of love and hope and peace and joy, into our broken world. Even if we can accept the amazing fact that God has chosen us as unworthy and inept as we are, we, like Mary, remain confused and question our ability to accomplish the work we are called to do. On so many levels, Bringing Christ's gifts of love and forgiveness into our world seems to be an impossible task. When we hear the shocking news of the deadly attacks on a school in Pakistan, we wonder if God's gift of peace can ever be delivered there. When we hear the news from Africa about the raging Ebola epidemic, we wonder how those countries' hardest hit can unwrap the gift of joy. When we hear the news of human tragedies from Ferguson, Cleveland, and New York, we wonder how those who have been so aggrieved can risk opening their hearts to the gift of love that restores relationships. Where is the hope, we ask? It is even a daunting task to bring the gift of Christ's love to our personal relationships. How can we be patient and understanding with someone who is so very aggravating? How can we forgive the hurtful things someone has said about us? When we are so 
pressured and worn out by all the competing demands on our time, how can we give the gift of loving presence? With Mary, we ask, how can this be? The angel Gabriel assures Mary that she is not alone that the Holy Spirit will come upon her, and by the power of God, she will fulfill her mission in life. And that, that, my friends, is God's promise to us as well. In our struggles to bring Christ's gifts of hope, love, peace, and joy into our personal lives and into our work for social justice, we can be certain that no matter how challenging the task ahead of us, God is with us. God will give us the strength and courage we need to persevere. The angel Gabriel assures Mary that all things are possible with God. Not only does Gabriel proclaim this, but the angel also provides Mary with a case in point. Her relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. The woman, believed to be barren, is now in her sixth month of pregnancy. By relating this news, Gabriel not only provides evidence that God can work miracles, but assures Mary that God not only is with her, but a flesh and blood person here on earth also will accompany her as she carries out God's plan. And so it is with us. Think about the many ways you have seen God make the seemingly impossible possible. Despite the darkness, evidence abounds of God's redemptive activity. God continues to bring the gifts of hope and salvation to the world. For those who are old enough to remember the terrifying Cuban Missile Crisis that resulted in trade embargoes between that island nation and the United States, the easing of trade relations with Cuba this week, a significant step toward normalization, is just miraculous. The gift of peace can overcome the darkness. Last month, we celebrated the 25th anniversary of the falling of the Berlin Wall. Now, there was a sliver of land separating East and West Germany highly mined and lined with watchtowers filled with armed gunmen 
aiming at anyone daring to cross the line from east to west Berlin. This strip of land was aptly named the Death Strip. Now that strip is a park known for its flea markets and open-air karaoke. The gift of joy can overcome the darkness. Once, not long ago, a diagnosis of AIDS was considered a death sentence. And now, for most of those afflicted, it is a treatable chronic disease. The gift of hope can overcome the darkness. Families torn apart by age-old grudges often are miraculously reunited through some pivotal event, such as a prodigal child returning home. And initially disdained work colleagues sometimes later become our best friends. The gift of love can overcome the darkness. We can bring the light of Christ into the world. As the angel Gabriel said, nothing is impossible with God. And just as God gave Mary Elizabeth to support her on her journey, God gives us each other to help and guide us along every step of the way. In this church, you know all about that. You support each other, not only in your struggles for social justice, but also in the way you care for each other in times of illness and hardship. Here at CCPC, you know what it's like to be Mary's Elizabeth. So now, as Christmas approaches, let us together load up our sleighs and give to each other and the world those priceless yet intangible gifts of peace, hope, joy, and love. So we, like Mary, can joyfully and thankfully bring Christ's love and salvation into all the world. Amen. Amen.